All right, let's do it. All right. Another great episode of the great podcast. Great pod. Just reporting the news. And now, Nathan with the news. What you got for us, Nathan? Uh, music is bad. Well, this, I'm, I'm just getting this in now. Music, it's actually, it sucks. And it's not good. Um, well, it's the news. That must, you you it can't must argue be with true. it. Yeah. You're not allowed to, you can't say no to the news. You can't say no to the news. When the news comes knocking, you have to let it in. Uh, that's the way it is. And now, the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease me. Not tonight. I'm not in the mood for fucking around. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Nathan Harrison. Hi. Andrew McDonald. Hello. Adam Buncher. I'm in the mood. That's good. Yeah. For fucking around. For yeah, fucking I'm, around. I'm in, yep. Let's fuck around I'm in for the a little for bit. I'm fucking around. Like wow. it's a recording a podcast yes. and fucking history is anything to go by. Oh, yeah. God. We fuck around a lot to, on this show. I need to pad the hour out, man. This is not easy. <laughs> People don't want to listen about d- to just music. It's like four minutes of talking about the songs in each hour. Yeah. It's rough going. We appreciate like, you being here all the same. That was a bit too much exposition for our podcast then. <laughs> Sorry. It's like we just, we just kind of gave away. See, I mean, everyone knows it. We don't need to say yeah, it out loud. Yeah. 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 But I'm in the whatever you know. I'm in the mood for whatever this episode brings. Well, I'm glad you asked because oh boy, we are cracking off a brand new quarter of the hottest 100, and we start by heading over to Des Moines, Iowa. Get on your orange jumpsuits. Already on. Put on your masks. (laughs) Grab your nearest beer keg and baseball bat, and let's fucking go at number 75. This is Slipknot. With weight and bleed. I felt the air rise up in me, kneel down and clear the stone of leaves. I wonder out where you can see inside my shell. I wait and bleed. I felt the air rise up in me, kneel down and clear the stone of leaves. I wonder out where you can see inside my shell. The hottest 100 of the year 2000, number 75, that is Slipknot with Wait and Bleed, the lead single from their self-titled debut album. This is a fundamental song in the history of David James Young. This feels huge. The this is a here. big song for me. I this was this was a Kazar song. This was a LimeWire ah, song. Very nice. good. Yeah. Once we discovered what Slipknot was, it's just like I'm gonna type in Slipknot and see what comes up. And sure as shit, the first thing that came up was Wait and Bleed, and I was 
just fucking lost. I was like, holy shit, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. I didn't even have the aesthetic to go off. Like, I, there was no music video or anything. It was just the song. And so I'm just like, fucking yes. Holy shit. Because I loved Linkin Park. I loved Rage Against the Machine. Like, I loved a lot of loud guitar stuff. And I'm just like, this is the loudest and heaviest guitar thing that I've ever heard. It was on for Young and Old from that point. Also, funny story. We've definitely talked about this. Like, how everyone had a dodgy version of one song where they know that dodgy version better than anything mm. else. So with ours, the song would finish and go da down and da down and da down. And then inexplicably, like a second later, like it would cut halfway back through the final chorus and just play that again, like the last 20 seconds or whatever. Classic. So just like da down and da down and da The stone only I wonder where you guess it. And so my brother and I went to see Slipknot in 2016, but we were in different spots in the arena because I was on the floor, he was in the seating. And after they played Wade and Bleed, the second they finish, I look down and I get a text and it says, The Stone Only! <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did the Kazaa version. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think this is an incredible record. This is a game changer in terms of the wave of American heavy metal that would follow, like, Everything that they were doing at this point felt very zeitgeisty. You know, they were like public enemy number one because they were so confronting and controversial. Oh, yeah. Uh, But at the same time, they were getting thrashed on like mainstream rock radio and you know like they were climbing up the billboard charts which was very untoward for a nine piece band from des moines iowa nine (laughs) piece yes yeah uh so to break that down there is a lead singer there are two guitarists there is a bass player there is a drummer there are two percussionists there is a turntablist and there is a guy that provides and then plays samples Uh, The two percussionists in particular will be on either side of the stage, uh, smashing mostly into kegs and also like water drums and like a a myriad of shit. You can hear that a lot in the music as well. Like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a real like drive in terms of the... Yeah, which adds to the groove metal side of things. Mm. And then you've got Corey Taylor up front who is like... You can like not like his music or anything, but people are generally regarded him like objectively as like an incredible singer because he can get down to guttural vocal like like real low but he can also hear really high like really high vocal like i think he spans because it's in different ranges of course but like i think his vocal range either is just under or equals mariah carey yeah right yeah (laughs) i think in popular music the only person that can like top that is uh mike Patton. but i love the the sweet and sour of that like the belligerence that comes in the verses of Corey's delivery where he's just on that one note the thrash metal style where it's Mm. like barking on that one note and then to fucking kick it out of the park with such a fucking phenomenal chorus the thing i've always loved about slipknot is that that marriage between the brutality and the melodicism yeah the fact that you can just fucking go for it in one of their songs but also have like an arena filling chorus like they literally like within two three records became an arena band like they were one of the biggest heavy metal bands in the world and to this day are still filling out arenas yeah and it's wild to see 
the trajectory of that. Like the fact that they still maintain a degree of relevance and like currency within not only heavy metal world, but like the rock world. And like, they're like a household name basically. And to be that after 20 years in the game, like when so many of their contemporaries, like no one's going to see whoever else was on the fucking Scorpion King soundtrack, but (laughs) Slipknot, are still as big, if not bigger, than they already were. Grammy-nominated, arena fillers. They are a commodity in their own right. For me, that starts with Wait and Bleed. It is such a staple of what they do. And it's got that huge Ross Robinson production where everything sounds massive, but it also feels like all just j- like it's trying to jam everything in at the same time because there's fucking nine people. There's a lot going on. Yeah. And so you're just channeling all of that and it's a fucking huge headphones listen because you've got that churning bass, the big toms and just everything going on. It's just a exceptionally executed song. And yeah, there's a reason that they have barely moved this from the set list after 20 years. This is wild to think that a band so out of their element, you know, they're not from this hot spot of, of metal like the Bay Area or anything like that, you know. They're, they're not, they don't have like a conventional line up they don't have a conventional look everything about them screams oh yeah we've got like a few hundred fans but the people who like us really like us no they transcend all of that and that's what i've always fucking loved about slipknot uh one more little bit of trivia slipknot made their network television debut on conan around this time and so they performed this song on conan at the time Conan's uh, Paul Schaefer, his his musical guy, was Max Weinberg. So the drummer from Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Max Weinberg sees this performance in the... They're running a tech rehearsal and all that sort of stuff. And he sees that and he calls up his wife and he's just like, get Jay down here. Jay needs to see this. So Jay Weinberg is Max Weinberg's son. At this stage, he's probably seven, eight years old. He's already taken a keen interest in drumming. They take him down and they get a photo together and like he gets to see the performance. And as this little kid, he is blown away. He has this huge moment where it's just like, oh my God, I love this. A few years later, he starts getting into bands himself. He ends up playing in Against Me for a little while. Huh. Uh, he ends up playing in Madball for a little while. And then... In 2013, when Joey Jordison leaves Slipknot, Jay Weinberg, little Jay Weinberg, gets the call up to be the drummer for his childhood heroes. So from from then onwards, for the last two albums, Jay Weinberg, son of Max Weinberg, has been the drummer of Slipknot. Adam, yeah, what's your connection and relationship to Wait and Bleed and to the, the self-titled era? I have a really weird relationship to Slipknot. Yeah, because um, as I've mentioned a few times on this podcast in high school, I was a very different person um, with a yes. very different worldview, and a lot of my friends were really into metal and really into new metal and really into Slipknot. They were very, very big fans. And so I was around Slipknot a lot, but they fucking terrified me. For anyone who has never seen this band, like nine of them for a start, all wearing terrifying kind of like horrific masks and dressing up in orange jumpsuits. And that level of theatricality 
has not really been seen so much in in music and certainly not at music of this time. Yeah. I think the closest touch point that maybe was was not as big in Australia and that was kind of the thing is Marilyn Manson, right? True, mm-hmm. yeah. Or or Tism. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Really, the slipknot of their time. Also terrifying. (laughs) I I draw the touch point to to Manson kind of deliberately because I think for all the paranoia and all that Manson kind of represented as being like the the dark side of music and this corrupting influence on people and on kids and whatever, and like I felt that was slipknot. That was very much a product of of the discourse and the the music at the time. And it totally played into Slipknot's favour in much the same way as it did for Manson. But I didn't kind of have the awareness of that being the case. So I just had this big, terrifying band kind of... But you know what? Like, even for all that, there were... Like, when Volume 3 came out there, their third album or whatever... I couldn't resist it anymore. Like I'd already started to develop a bit of a taste for metal. And that album was just like so, so big that I eventually kind of lent into it. Even then it still felt dangerous to me. Yeah. Um, But at the time I also remember there being certain songs, this being one of them that I was just kind of like, actually that's kind of freaking cool. Right. That's, that's that's really, really good. (laughs) So a fun fact that I discovered about Slipknot when I was getting, you know, facts together for this. Yeah. And it makes so much sense. It was a total like, oh, of course. They were actually founded by their rhythm section. They were, yeah, yeah. So Clown is the only original member. It was kind of his baby. Well, dude, when you have nine members in your like in the lineup that you end up signing a label with, like lineup changes are going to be just a part of what you do. Yeah. And, and they they already went through several. So as yeah. I said, it started with uh, Joey Jordison, the drummer, uh, Sean Crayon, the percussionist, aka and, Clown, aka yes. Clown, who was apparently just a, in the early days just an absolute menace live. He's oh yeah, known. stick his head through drums and mm. just fucking go but completely just, fucking. Psycho. Jump into the crowd and just like terrorize people. Yeah, apparently. man. And they yeah. had to like, they're like, oh right, we're, we're big enough, we can get sued now. You need to, <laughs> need, we need to stop Dial this. Back. Someone get this clown. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just a bit of that. Who is that clown in the background? What a bunch of clowns. The one thing that I I think is really easy to fall into that's actually a trap and not at all true with Slipknot is you look and you go like, this must be some fever dream of some record exec. Yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, we're not going to put the this real band industry together. plants. Yeah, mm. and it could not be further from the truth because you hear the early days, and they were already playing in a band, um, the the original kind of members, in a band called Pale Ones, and they actually had a song called Slipknot, and that served as the the inspiration to make this band. But they were like nutting things out while Joey was working at like a service station in Iowa late at night, like it'd be three a.m. in the morning, and they're just hanging out at a servo, just kind of sorting stuff out with this band. I love thinking of the of the band in that way. Totally. That's, that's really kind of cool. Slipknot occupy a very, very interesting place in terms of like the trajectory of metal, right? Because it's yeah, not no it, doubt. I think it's still playing with the same ideas and the same kind of mission statement that a lot of new metal is. Like in much the same way as you have corn and limp biscuit or whatever, dealing with these dark interpersonal feelings, either from yourself or from your close relationships or people who've let you down or whatever. Like it's very much is very much that is the focus. They all express it in various different ways, some more juvenilely than others, looking at you, Fred. Whereas these guys just kind of operated, and it, you'd have to say it'd have to be the mission statement for Slipknot as a whole, on complete sensory overload, right? It's like yeah. you, you take those unpleasant feelings and you just open it all up at the same time, and what comes out is just this frantic, hectic energy. And it's embodied by the visual representation of that, which is this horrific carnival of nine people on stage and a clown that's chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
looking back on it now, it's like, man, it's a cool fucking thing to have happened. And it's very, very weird. And it could only really have happened at this point. And yeah. in a lot of ways, it's, it's kind of really experimental. But like that frenetic kind of energy, you can't kind of deny. I don't know many other tracks that are absolutely this frantic in terms of the, the sheer percussiveness of it all. It's rooted there with some nice guitar textures and a really good melody still really accessible like yeah I think, I think there's a lot to like in this track I think that, that's what surprised me the most like giving a critical listen to it now is how accessible it is like mm, particularly yeah. like when he's not doing the growling vocals he's just kind of singing right it's just like in that like i felt the air just he's singing like a regular and it's dude. a good fucking I was hook like, right i don't mind this yeah it's like surprising and like the like it is so percussive driven right like the drums and the two percussionists are both mixed super high in the like in the in the space kind of thing, like yeah. You can, that's obviously like the purpose of it kind of thing. Like again, right? I guess as we've talked about more and more new metal, the more I'm realizing it's not really a description of any specific sound. No, no it's, it's just like, it was just yeah. the it was just the, the latest era. wave that exactly. came through. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. To consider this to be new metal, it just kind of sounds like a heavy rock song more than anything. It just has, it yeah. has a little bit of scratching in the background, but like not extensive. I mean, like I'm not the biggest and most knowledgeable metalhead out there. I dabble really, sure. um, when it comes down to it. But like trying to pick the influences of various other metal genres in there is at least hard enough for it to be really interesting to me. Mm. There's definitely some like some early death, um, not necessarily the band though, maybe the band, but like <laughs> de- the genre of, of death metal yes. um, creeping in there and some of the riffage and whatever. And, and you know, the, the energy definitely takes on elements of thrash, but even to combine the two and present it in this way is just kind of like, man, that's like, Something going on there. Yeah. So I am really interested to hear from this side of the room. I'm assuming both of you would have grown up hating stuff like Slipknot purely on principle being punks and stuff like that. So well, I just didn't really know them. I, th- I think I thought they were a bit dorky, but I remember seeing them at Big Day Out in 2005 or something. Yeah, um, sure. I remember thinking, like, that was a cool show. They put in a, it's an entertaining, bombastic kind of show, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Watching nine people go ballistic on stage is going to be interesting. Totally. Chased um, by the clown. No, it was nowhere near the D barrier. <laughs> nowhere near the clown. No, I think I was waiting for the Beastie Boys to start. <laughs> I was surprised at how straightforward this was. I, like, I didn't hate this. For a band that in my head I viewed as being like the most over-the-top hectic, because they look spooky, right? Like they got a, like a leather mask covered in spikes. Like that's not like a inviting kind of thing, <laughs> right? Like that's weird. Yeah. So I kind of thought they were like super weirdo, tons of scratching heavy percussive segments that are just kind of percussion kind of thing for all it is it's, it's pretty a pretty straightforward and accessible hard rock song so it's, it's absolutely not my cup of tea but like they, they don't do it badly they clearly have a sound that's relatively unique like the, the percussion i think is probably mixed a bit too high but it's obviously like their aesthetic is to lean into the heavy percussive elements but i don't know what did you think yeah no i think i'm kind of the same it's just like oh i thought this would be Weirder and and like spookier, messier. I thought I, I thought it'd be crappier. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Like that's the way I, I, I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna dislike it. You gotta love that. I think man. I think I thought it would be like brattier. Um, yeah, especially for like early Slipknot. But I I, I think particularly because you know nine people and and the new metal and all that. I I think I thought it would be a lot messier, more chaotic and stuff. Whereas mm. it, it's not like at all. It's all right. When, you know, when we get to like the heavy vocals and stuff, I just like, I just disengage from that shit because I'm just not interested in it. Yeah. Sorry, Corey. They're very good at what they're doing. And the bits that I didn't disengage from, I'm like, I like I get it because I've, I've never listened to a Slipknot record. I, in my head, I thought it was going to be like I, I guess more Limp Biscuity or, or a bit more Insane Clown Posse y because like they look because they like they're intent- wow the math checks out yeah because yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they look kind of spooky and you're in a new metal band so I yeah. kind of thought that was what we were getting into compared to just like what is a relatively straightforward hard rock song just with some growly box like, and no magnets. 
I yeah, feel like new God. metal as an umbrella is is more about like the media, yeah, kind of the aesthetic that they put forward and the kind of antagonistic yeah. shock based thing. That's a good and take. even though Marilyn Manson isn't new metal, new metal daddy. Yeah, like it's still mm. the same dynamics at play with how like the image you're putting out and that you em- you're embracing the controversy. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're dangerous for kids, that kind of thing, yeah. which is very... <laughs> kids love it, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they well, do. I guess rock music is the same thing. Though, yeah, totally. Like the 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Marilyn Manson walked, so Corey from Slipknot could run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's... Okay, no, I have two questions. David, okay. you said you you were into the music before you saw like a video of them. Yeah, yeah. So like I'd seen the posters at okay, Rock Factory, right. but I'd never actually seen like how it all went down in terms of like their live shows, which obviously at the time were fucking hectic. Yeah. But you saw the masks and that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah. fantasizing about the person that gets into like not like just through a the burnt radio. copy of it or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I really did the music and then sees the mask and it's like, no. Yeah. yeah. I'm not into oh. this at all. Oh, no, like, what you. the yeah. fuck? With like Kiss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. But I mean, obviously, Kiss's music has no merit or value. Way, so yeah, there we comparison. go. Yeah, this is better than a Kiss song. It's oh, way better. Like, easy. Better oh my than God. Kiss yeah. Look, it's no Detroit Rock City, but. And, and thank God. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that one? Of, did you just. Is that like a fake Kiss song? Detroit Rock City? It's one of their they, biggest songs, it, man. They open every show with it. They're just a parody of themselves. They are. They are a parody. They're a parody of a rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Without them realizing. Anyway, second question. <laughs> um, oh, what is the deal with the like? Is there like a, a kind of stated a this mythos. is what a mythos or what? What's the masks like? Are they for something? Uh, I think trying it, to not be dismissive when I ask that. No, but like, no, you know. sure. I guess <laughs> the big thing for them was like being able to stick out and have something that you know differentiated them. Like it wasn't enough to be a fucking nine piece band, but you yeah. know, like it was about having something identifying and something that they could immediately associate you. It's just like, who's Slipknot? Oh, the band with the mask. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, 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 I yeah. think it's similar to Tism. I don't, I don't think it's like a... But Tism were anonymous and these guys are not anonymous. Mm. So when, I think that's uh, when they started though, were, oh, they weren't, weren't they all yeah. like zero through eight? Um. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. More like Tism every day. Yeah. <laughs> Slipknot's so, pretty all right. Uh, yeah. Great. Um, one of my favourite Slipknot facts is... They wore the masks so much on like American tours, kind of thing. That, oh yeah, that, that a disease developed inside them all that had never been recorded. Like that, that it was a new fucking disease, like a new yeah. like a new bacterium. Dude, oh, this no. is perfect, right? Because yeah. which honestly is metal as fuck. Yeah, like, yeah. that's either true and incredible, but, or it's not. But true But how many times it. in the schoolyard in high school did you hear things like that about Slipknot? It's, it's the Marilyn Manson sucking his cock thing all over again. It is yeah, 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 yeah. That like yeah. it's like I went to a Slipknot show and they had dead pigs in jars. Legitimately, uh-huh. something I heard someone yeah, say. No that's yeah. amazing. And, and at the time, I went, "Oh my god, these they are as evil as I think they are. Dead <laughs> pigs in jars." Yeah, but they did. So this ever. is from this is from some the band's ham. Wikipedia page. <laughs> they had some. They had deli meats. <laughs> yeah. they, they had cold cuts. Good God. So this is from the band's Wikipedia page. Uh, the band has said the idea of wearing masks stemmed from a clown mask that Crane took to her rehearsals when the band first started. Crane later became known for his clown mask, adopting the pseudonym of Clown. The concept developed by late 97. The band decided every member would wear a unique mask and matching jumpsuit. Uh, Taylor said in 2002, it's our way of becoming more intimate with the music. It's a way for us to become unconscious of who we are and what we do outside of the music industry and led to the idea of assigning the band members 
numerical aliases uh, is a way for us to crawl inside and be able to use anonymity. Uh, and so they've all said that they can get about mostly in their private lives, you know, generally pretty anonymously. I, I guess there's an advantage to that. Totally. And also it can be uh, played to other people's advantage, including one John Safran. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, phenomenal we, uh, bit of. Seen uh, that bit in Music Jamboree. He wanted to get into a VIP club, so he's got like nine dudes to dress up and say they were Slipknot. Yeah, like on a tour, and the bouncer was like, "Oh, we'll come right in, Slipknot." And they just so, spent a great night, yeah, hanging out in a club yeah, with Slipknot masks yeah. on, just like getting um, plastered. Also, speaking of good bits, very, very good bit as we mentioned in Saint Clown Posse. Very good bit <laughs> that their entire act was a troll and they were Christians. Mm. It's a good bit. It is a good bit. Yeah. What? Their entire whole thing, man, before they did the Magnets thing, all their early <laughs> shit, their first, like, nine records make up the Dark Carnival. Oh, that's what all their songs are about, murder and rape and mutilation and spooky horrorcore shit that they do. Yeah. Um, then, like, the, the, I think, like, the 10th record or something like that was this reveal that that's what awaits you if you don't live a good Christian life. And they're, like, devout Christian boys. What? Yeah, yeah. Do you not know this? Yeah, it's amazing, right? That's why the Miracle song where the Magnet meme came from yeah. is about them saying, like, God's stuff is so miraculous. You can't understand it. Like, it's all... It's all magnets. Can't yeah, even hold it. Can't even hold it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good bit to be Christian. The, the juggle- long time. Did the Juggalo community, community... Was everyone kind of organically ready for that shift? Like, the, I don't the imagine they planted or... Right? Yeah. But I think they are now, right? Because, like, Juggalos are, like, as well, much as... family. They, they just drink Fago and look after each other. Yeah. 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 Must be nice. Weird, man. To be in a nice community. Yeah, to have a family. have a family. And lots of soft drink that's (laughs) orange-flavoured. Yeah. Well, you saw them. Yeah, I went. (laughs) Do we ever talk about ICP in the countdown? We We don't. talk about whatever you want to talk about, Nathan. Postal (laughs) votes. Yeah, your postal vote should be Sanders a fat bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Number 74, this is the Groove Dominator. This is one more time, brackets... Sunshine song. Terminator coming in at number 74 in the hottest 100 of the year 2000. That is the song One More Time in brackets, Sunshine Song. That is a sample from the very famous 70s musical Hair. And of course, we have to throw to the man with long, beautiful hair, Nathan Harrison. Look at those gorgeous locks. Look at that weave. You do have good hair. Oh, I mean, I'll take it. That no. weave. <laughs> you, you have excellent <laughs> excellent hair. Wow. Okay. This song. I don't know. This this, song. I, I think I didn't click what it was from the title. Right. Which was very silly as mm. soon as it started. And it's like, all right, it's the Sunshine song. You know, did no? Everyone else was like, guys. No, I had this, Terminator. I had this CD. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Huh, Roadkill. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. was it, how's the CD go? I remember fucking liking it, man. Yeah, cool. I got it on the strength of the um, Here Comes Another One single. Oh, mm-hmm. what a great song. Yeah, I think Which more I well think known. is the theme music for... Something. The, the block. block. Yeah. yeah. Here comes another one. Yeah, yeah. I was I was just scared yeah. when I saw this because I, yeah. I remember in a certain other countdown past, 
the ghost of Countdown's past. Mm-hmm. One, one certain ghost was a remix about another song about the sun. sun is and it was Ooh. not good. Oh, no, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, that was, was very bad. It was very it? bad. So I was like, oh, God, not again. Thankfully, not again. Not yeah, thankfully, no. not again. Groove Terminator is uh, Simon Lewicki, who is an Adelaide-based DJ. He sort of started in uh, community radio and then started being a house DJ and sort of mixing around with a bunch of stuff and then started putting his own music together. He put out two albums. This is from the first, and this is pretty good. Something that I really like, though, about him, reading about him, he toured for this album with Grinspoon, which is a weird choice. Mm. Very weird. But he and a couple of other DJs are really credited in Australia with breaking electronic music and DJ music into regional Australia because they did a really big regional tour. I think that's fucking sick. Yeah, Yeah, that is cool. We've talked before, but, you know, like bands like Friends of Rom who still tour regionally extensively, but I think that's... That's really, really cool, especially at this point, being an electronic guy, being like, I'm going to do like a pub tour. Mm. And that's fucking bold as well. Yeah, because, yeah. because, yeah, because like, it could miss. Well, <laughs> it could miss pretty hard. He talks about it being an incredibly steep learning curve because he's like, oh, I'm used to playing clubs in Sydney and Adelaide and whatever. Like, I know exactly what that market wants. And I started doing the same thing and it just bombed. And it's like, oh, I have to learn really quickly what people out here want. That's but, cool. But also the, the position that electronic music still in some corners occupies in Australia. Sure, like Prodigy's playing main stage big day out. Like electronic music is far from being the underground thing that it once was. But it's still, it's not as widely and universally accepted as rock music. Yeah, there would be a big... Stigma is maybe a strong word to attach to it because <laughs> you usually talk about that with real issues or whatever. But I, I think in like... Hey, electronic lives matter. Yeah. Beep, beep. I think in, in regional areas, you, you would counter a lot of resistance to it because electronic music is such a city thing. Like it's, yeah, you know, like yeah, the clubs yeah. in the city. Yeah, yeah. The, the people that enjoy that music don't care about the people in the country. Like, yeah, I think that would have been a really interesting tour to go on. Mm. And it's just really cool that, that he and a few other DJs did it. Yeah. This song is pretty fun. Like, it's a good time. Yeah. It's, it's very it's, like. It's the one idea, but, you know, yeah. that's it. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. It's very like. It doesn't quite have the playfulness of like Fatboy Slim when he's mm. mucking around with the same kind of mm. samples and the the ups and downs. And because there's a bit of a big beat vibe in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want had, bigger beats. I do love the uh, the one more time sample coming Yeah, that's in good. Yeah, like, that's cool. I have a lot of fun with this song, but I remember it from when it came out. So I'm kind of nostalgia poisoned. Yeah. But I, th- I think this is lots of fun. I think it. Ostensibly, it is a remix of what's the name of the original song? So the uh, original, Aquarius, yeah, yeah, Nine Aquarius, Aquarius slash, slash Let Sunshine, the Sunshine In, yeah, by the uh, Fifth Dimension. Fifth Dimension releases yeah. a single in 1969, and it went absolutely bunta. Mm. Um, and uh, astrologers uh, hate it because apparently it's just <laughs> according, good. According man. to the astrologers, all the astrology shit they talk about in that song about the age of Aquarius, it uh, it's, doesn't make sense. Oh, it doesn't that, make sense. So, that's, that's so interesting. That's what the astrologers that's, say. It's just interesting to me, astrologers, that you think it doesn't make sense. Yep. It's just interesting to me is all. They, that's what they say, man. Yeah. They say the real age of Aquarius is somewhere between, this is just as good, it's somewhere between 2062 and... Uh, 2,680. Oh, so, somewhere I'll, in there. I'll somewhere. murk a fucking astrologist before I <laughs> die. Who <laughs> the fuck That's cares? Fucking, Andrew, you're being such a goddamn Leo right now. <laughs> God damn it. You know what my birthday is. You can't pinpoint it. No, I just, I would know that anyway. Look at you. You're just, <sighs> you're, he's got a mane. Isn't he classic Leo? Yeah, he's got a mane. He's classic yeah. Leo. But I, I think you're right. And you know, like the pieces of this, I, I think there's probably 
an incredible live version of this song yeah. that absolutely checks all the boxes I want for it. And, like, builds up more and he reads yeah. the crowd's hype. That and... just, like, does some big fat boy Slim stuff. Mm. So you want the live from Coonabarabran. Oh, fuck. I really do want See, that That version. wouldn't check your boxes, though. No, it wouldn't, but I kind of... I, I still want it. Yeah. And you know what? If, if this dude wrote a book about breaking electronic music into regional Australia, I would read the fuck out of that book. That would be so interesting. Totally. Well, he's, he's busy doing some, a few other things. Uh, write a book as well, Simon. Fuck. Uh, it takes a while to write a people book. People can do two things. Yeah. Ask yeah. Andrew, he's written a book. Oh, yeah, The Even Greater Gatsby. The Even Greater Gatsby. The Even Greater Gatsby. Yeah. Greater Gatsby. <laughs> How good was it? How the Really re- good. How are the reviews? Oh. Well, really good, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Five stars eight. on good reads. Nathan doesn't let me read the reviews, so... <laughs> So I presume they're so good, they'll yeah. go to my fucking ego. That's right. Mm. Got to stay right. humble. Um, so, yeah, but he has made a music festival in South Australia. I guess that's pretty good. It's called Block Rock and Beats. You happy now? Yeah, I'm pretty happy. There you go. <laughs> it's in McLaren Vale in South Australia. It happened in uh, December of last year. Oh, oh, cool. He's still kicking on. Great. Because I know this... Making music festivals, yeah. like, now. Because he's not cool. making, like, new albums, I guess. So I didn't know if he was still busy, but that's tight. He, he dabbles in astrology. That's not true. <laughs> 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 uh, but one, one story that he has said, I don't think it fills a full book, but um, it is pretty good. When he talks about going on tour with Grinspoon, he trashed a dressing room because he, he thought that's what you had to do because he just had no idea. And Grinspoon oh. were really mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> he had to like apologize. He was like, oh, sorry, guys. Sorry, Phil. Because he particu- particularly because the way he trashed it was spelling Phil Jamison's name out with cold cuts on the wall. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> He that's what? Like, that's wrote, not even trashing it. That's just <laughs> he wrote Phil. He wrote Phil in meat. That's just some serial killer shit. Like, yes. if you're Phil, you're like, is this like DJ dude gonna kill me in Kind of Arabran? Is Snowtown on this tour? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Wolf Creek. Yeah, yeah. Live from Wolf Creek. His album's called Roadkill. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's a red flag. Why did we not think about this? <laughs> Red that's, flag. That's a funny trashing of a hotel. Or they were like, yeah, he like no. smashed a lamp and cut his arm. There was blood all over the bedspread or something like that. But there's no, no. writing fill <laughs> in like deli meats. Yep. Yep. That's very I good. wonder how artistic he got with it. Like, Simon, if you're listening and you have a picture Please of the cold cuts. Oh, God. That would or be listener. Yeah, Harbour would be to contact him. Yeah. Or, no, everyone listening. Listener, get some cold cuts. <laughs> And spell no, out no. and spell out your favourite name on a wall, and then take a photo. Wait, and send even it better, in. spell out the name of your favourite podcast <laughs> on a wall. Big <laughs> ass H. Yeah. Yeah, then we'll get, we'll, we'll get a, don't say favourite podcast because then we'll get a bunch of photos of like cereal, cereal <laughs> in meat. It, be, it'd be very, actually, you know what? Twenty twenty being a cereal stand is a good bit. <laughs> have have, have you have you heard it? It's Adnan no. guy, right? It's That's super good. interesting. Yeah. It's good to, to pretend uh, to like just get you know to get to get into. I like late. pretending I haven't heard of Hamilton when people That's talk a about great Hamilton. One. Yeah, I go, I want to do is Rick rolling people today. It's very good. <laughs> oh, check out this video. <laughs> You're a terrorist. That's a good one. You're what not, we're fighting not, against. Not having heard of Hamilton's very good. It's the other one that uh, I haven't heard. Of Ham- well, I've heard of Hamilton. And just being like a little bit skeptical that it would work. <laughs> You're like rapping about history, like, and it's good. <laughs> That's pretty good. That yeah. is a good. Bit. People love it. I pay the bit. Yeah, you love to see it. Um, yeah, but write something in meat, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do I want to be... Yeah. If you, I don't know. <laughs> Are you saying that because like, you, you don't eat meat? Like, you do it in a dressing room. You're probably not going to eat it afterwards, which is a bit of a waste. Well, yeah, but you don't want to be eating deli meats anyway, in particular. Well, then you probably shouldn't buy it. 
Spell it out in your favourite, like, corn or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> your fake meat. Linda yeah. McCartney's yeah. sausages. Yeah. Yeah. We should give people a vegan alternative to spelling it out in real meat. So if you, yeah. Buy some shit from Susie Spoons. So yeah. Good. yeah. Nice. Smear some tofu. The expensive way to put smear. stuff on a mirror. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I said smear. Susie Spoon, if you're listening, please sponsor us. Oh, my God, That'd yes. a tight sponsorship. Yeah, I, did, I, had, I had a roast from there over Christmas. Fucking good, man. I'll tell you how good it was after the ad from Susie Spoon. <laughs> okay. As part of the live read, Susie, <laughs> call us. I could whip Add one us. up. I could, I could do that. I no, could do is, that she's not giving us money, then it's not worth it. It's yeah. called a demo, Nathan. <laughs> it's called a pitch. Okay. Susie, we're coming for you. Oh, yeah, we've got very reasonable rates, I think. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. It's like, yeah. You think advertising is outside of your range? <laughs> it's definitely It'll not. Be, yeah. it's, That's where you're wrong, kiddo. It's like lunch. It's four sausages from your sausage <laughs> range. The chili ones, please. Well, this is interesting. At number 73, it is... Groove Terminator's old tour mates, Grin Spoon. Old meat buddy himself. Old meat buddy himself. This is Secrets. Number 73 in the Hottest 100 of 2000 with the song Secrets. I tell you and, what, and, yeah. cool. Secrets, you, you might want to keep it down a bit. Yeah. Huh. Everyone will hear, right? Now, Adam. Hey. We have talked at length about Grinspoon in the past, and now we enter the new millennium with them. What is your take on the track Secrets? Man, this is just like a... Big old dinosaur of a riff, right? Like it's just, Fucking it's just Patrick whoa. Davin. It just that drop B. In. This is drop B. Yeah. Drop B. B hectic. Yeah. This is as low as like Wade and Bleed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in the same tuning. Drop B. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. The riff goddamn fucks. Oh, my. It, oh. It, but, like, it. I was trying to think of another way to say it, right? But it is a fuck riff. Yeah. And there are certain <laughs> kinds of... There are certain kinds of riffs that are just like... like When a couple of notes love each other very much. Um, Stink Fist by Tool. So you just get that groove and you're just like, you know what? No, nah, this is... We'll just stay here. Yeah. Uh, Walk by Pantera. It's just more about creating a goddamn swagger with the whole thing. And man, it does that. This song wears dark glasses inside, but fucked if you're going to tell him to take it off. He's just looking too goddamn cool, this song. He's going to fight the biggest guy in the room, this guy, this song. That's what the song is. <laughs> it, the song is very good, but the, that's because the song is the riff. The rest of the band are, are in good form as well. But oh, it's I, just, don't th- I think Phil could ne'er sound cooler. Yeah, Phil sound, like, sounds oh, so cool. The fucking um, Kill the City... In the waterways, in the shitty brown golden waves, where he like oh, snarls that out. Sure. Like, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you were meant to front a rock band. He's just, <laughs> he's just mad about it. But also, like the way the riff when it stops doing that main kind of riff and it just goes into that more like either pre-chorus or chorus, and Phil just kind of goes for it and goes up. But he still never puts in that much effort. It's mm. still kind of laid back, but it's just yeah, just hits it, man. This is the satisfaction to be got from like a really goddamn good rock song. Yeah, it's just here. Here it is. Here's a rock song you ordered. 
But I feel like anytime I'm talking about this song, I'm just going to keep saying the riff is so good. Like <laughs> just keep it's the that. tuning on it, it's the production of it, it's the like the rhythm that it follows, kind of thing. It's just so fucking in your face, heavy, fuck you, rock and roll kind of thing. Yeah, it's just, I, I just I just want the riff forever, and it's and so it's, good. It's even just like because Phil's vocals are like slightly behind it. Yeah, as well. like yes. he's not front and center. It is the like because you you couldn't build this song. And not have that riff be at the front. Yeah, you no. couldn't mix it down. Like <laughs> this guy, this song, the song guy, he, he creates an explosion and he walks away. He doesn't look at it. Yeah. So this, it's this, super this song Batman. is. Yeah. Yeah. I have not really heard much early Grinspoon. I don't know. This isn't even really early Grinspoon. But You've like heard early Grinspoon. You've, we've reviewed it. No, that's what I mean. Before talking through all the songs, like nah. that's my experience of Grinspoon. But I feel like I have the end point in terms of like obviously songs like Chemical Heart mm. being absolutely everywhere on the radio. So. As the band gets closer to that, it's really interesting seeing mm. those things. And Phil's vocals here, I'm like, oh, we're like we're close mm. vocally close, close to, to, to those, like compared to like, um, like Dead, Dead Cat, Cat three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn, this is a fun tune. I love the mix of that big stomping, like Kaiyasi, heavy, like uh, all encompassing riff with that kind of driving melodicism that Phil always gets in. I don't think this is anyone's favorite Grinspoon song, but it is a oh, yeah. it is a solid staple of the set list, and I I always enjoy when they play it. I, I, it's up there for me. Oh, it's yeah. easily the the pick from Easy. You reckon? I, well, that's that's what the fan consensus kind of seems to be. People are like Easy's, eh, but this song. Mm. It's a interesting period for the band because they've just had you know two massive records, and they you know trying to figure out what to do after that, and that's a process. How do we follow up from this huge momentum that we've just gotten? And, you know, there isn't any easy answers, but they... But Stoner Metal is always an option that you should consider. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just go away, listen to some Sabbath, listen to some Sleep. Listen to Sleep. Listen to to Electric Wizard. See how you feel. Totally. See how you feel. Take two of these and then call me in the morning. Take one fucking dope throne. And then punch some billies. Yeah. <laughs> Either the drugs or just, some, you know. Fight some dudes. Fight some guys. Who are called Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Who are called Billy Corgan. Or otherwise, yeah. you know. They're all good billies. Mm. It's all good choice. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, fucking rules, man. The riff. It's so good. The riff. <laughs> what is it you like about it? A lot of the elements, really. The mm. drumming's nice. It's true. Yeah. Good riff. <laughs> oh, yeah, quite good. Mm. Quite good, quite good. Quite good, quite good. Mm. Number 72, this is the housewife's choice, Tex Perkins. This is I Know, You Know, I Know. Come closer, my darling, don't tease me, not tonight, I'm not in the Perkins making his solo debut in the Hottest 100, coming in at number 72 with the song I Know You Know I Know. It comes from his second solo album, Dark 
Horses. This was a big record for Mr. Tex Perkins, so much so that he would go on to name his band after it. Uh, so Dark Horses came out in the middle of 2000. We're not too far removed from The Cruel Sea uh, putting out their best of and also their album Over Easy back in 98. Between 12 to 18 months later, The Cruel Sea would put out what ended up being their final studio album where there's smoke and Tex ultimately returned it to his solo career in 2003 with uh, his third album, Sweet Nothing. There's a bit of crossover in terms of the people. Uh, so Jim Elliott, who played drums in The Cruel Sea, plays drums on this record. He's also credited as playing the sandpaper, which Ooh. is really interesting. On so, this track, or is it like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So literally, It's how you get it so smooth. Yep. So literally, yeah, nice. like, like holding up a piece of sandpaper to the mic and like... On the mic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Getting getting that ASMR. Probably not sanding no, the mic. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 cool. Yeah. All right. Not on the mic itself. Ruining like, the fucking probably, mic. Probably using... Sound tech just crying. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Sounds really good. <laughs> this has more of like a laconic drawl to it. You know, like it doesn't have the uh, spitting, like demonic intensity of, of say, the Beast of Bourbon. But it also doesn't have like the, the like larrikin layabout style of, of the cruel sea, the bluesy side of things where this is a little bit more conversational and you can tell he's playing on a, a few certain tropes in terms of it's kind of loungy in a way because it's got the nylon string acoustic and, you know, it's got that very low-key vibe to it. I really like the way that it's composed and the way it comes together. Like, uh, I feel like this would be a real touchstone in terms of the way that Texas solo music would go. It's one thing to, you know, see the way that he associates with Beast of Bourbon and with Cruel Sea and later on uh, making records with Don Walker from Cold Chisel mm. and uh, his former bandmate in Beast of Bourbon, Charlie Owen. So they made a few records together under the imaginative moniker of Tex, Don and Charlie. Also, he made a record with Tim Rogers in the mid-2000s. TNT. Uh, yeah, TNT, which is a very funny record. But uh, yeah, Tex is a really interesting guy. Like He has always just ventured from project to project. He's always been very ambitious. He's done everything from within the realm of rock music and blues music, country music. He has done like a long-standing Johnny Cash tribute show. Uh, he's also done children's music. He played the character of Footy Dad on a uh, album by Reese Muldoon, a kid's album called I'm Not Singing. There's a song called Footy Dad which is about a kid getting taken to the football for the first time by his dad. We're going to the football. Did yeah. you say it like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going Does to the Does the kid football. make it back? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Texas voice is no, like? No, no, I know. He's very gruff. Well, he just has to watch what he says because everything sounds like a threat. It's like Buddy yeah. Mendo. Or, or a come on. Yeah. Or a, yeah, yeah. 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 Gonna so basically, he shouldn't talk to kids yeah. at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're banned. You're barred, mate. <laughs> We've talked about the Cruel Sea in the past. They've had a, a pretty good run in in terms of the Hottest 100, particularly through the 90s. But this is our first time talking about Tex himself uh, as a solo artist. I believe this is the only time he gets in as a solo artist. There's been generally a pretty positive vibe about Cruel Sea. What did you guys make of, of this track and, and uh, Tex's uh, endeavour into the solo realm? I, I knew this song. Like we've said before, Tex has a nice kind of sensible swagger to him like, like yeah that like, makes sense like you say right he's the housewife's choice he's very um, laconic and very boozy yeah 
like we've mentioned the root song, I wish I was Tex Perkins before, but it kind of nails the kind of persona of the Tex character that he kind of um, evokes of being like the safe man's like Nick Cave for that kind of True. swaggering kind of shit, but without any of the... Nick doesn't have sensible swagger. His swagger well, is he not does sensible. These days. He's, he does he's, he's in his fucking mid-60s, but back when he was a heroin addict, no, not uh. so much. It's very interesting to me that this song starts, I think, and there's this implication that it's a fuck song, like mm. this kind of thing of like, don't tease me, not tonight, you know, it's, you're it's... here in this place, kind of thing like that. But then you get to the chorus and it's a fucking breakup song. I yeah, think. It's an infidelity song. Is that what you think? I think it, yeah, you know, I know, you know. It's like, we're no, oh, we, he, don't, we don't need to say it. Yeah, but like, as in like he's confronting his love about infidelity, not that's committing right. infidelity. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. confronting, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? That whole thing of like, like it's because it seems like, it, like don't tease me not tonight. I'm it, like, oh. It's it a, does seem like a seduction a song, song because yeah. it's text. It's text. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then when he says the, um, that, the first line, at the end of the first chorus, that let's start killing ourselves. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like it's, it's more of like a this is the end of a relationship moment, whether it's being confronting infidelity or it's or just, not confronting. I think is probably better. Yeah, just like just, you, how do you confront? Like, I know that you know that I know, and we're both yeah. just sitting here. With we both know. We don't need to say it. Like, we're yeah. not prepared to deal with the consequences of this properly. We're just kind of stewing on it. But it's just like yeah, it's just crappy. It's yeah. just like a this is like a hangover song. If the cruel sea is like a drunken party, this song is the hangover mm. afterwards. In spite of that, you can tell it's a song for horny mums. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like swaggery kind of voice and like the, you know, I know, you know. Like he has a sexy voice. Oh, like, yeah. He was like, a shark. He voiced a cartoon shark in the 2011 movie extra animated series, Shark. Mm. That's so sick. Three A's. Yeah. The, uh, shark. Shark. <laughs> the video for this song, he's wearing a solo soft drink shirt. He's a solo man. A yeah, solo yeah, yeah. Man. That, was, that was the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Needs to slam it down faster. Yeah. Low on fizz. So you, yeah. You, you, yeah. You can. You, yeah. can. <laughs> you don't have you to. Don't have to. It's low on fizz. So you are forced to slam it down fast. <laughs> but solo, I'm not that thirsty. <laughs> slam it. Slam it. I want to have some later. <laughs> You'll slam it now. <laughs> uh, uh, slam it or no sun kiss for dessert. <laughs> Solo's not. Hang on. It's not solo, you're saying is the main meal. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, Thinking God. about this. All right. Uh, your What's on, an entree? Your, your, soft on, your entree soft drink, I think, is your lemonade. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah I'm there. Like, just I'm get, there. Just to get or, or, started. Or, like your, your sprite. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, perhaps your Seven Up. Like I don't know. Depending on how They're saucy, all kind of lemonade. How saucy you're feeling. <laughs> um, your main course. Um, Fuck. I think your main cause is actually a Coke or a Pepsi. Yeah, I would. Go, I would even think about like a ginger beer. A ginger well, I'm beer. Thinking, I'm, I'm thinking you. What are you? Forty cl- five. Yo, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm thinking. No, pump the brakes. We Excuse all, me. We, you don't like a, ginger beer? No, dude. It rules. David, dude. Might as well have asked for a fucking sarsaparilla. No, nah, man. No. <laughs> Nathan also loves that. That's an old <laughs> people drink, man. <laughs> Don't know. Um, Portello is quite nice, though. <laughs> you <fucking like> it. <laughs> oh god, you are really showing your <laughs> um, age see, now, my I dude. But I'm trying to maintain with classic normie soft drinks. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, I think I don't think ginger beer is that out of left field. It's super <laughs> experimental. Have you tried to drink the fucking thing? Invert first. Requires yeah. some dexterity. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so main main, Coke or Pepsi. Uh-huh, sure. Um, supper, solo, long fizz. And then yep. for dessert, Sunkiss. Sunkiss for dessert makes sense. Because oh, it's so sweet. sweet. Oh, God, it's only, so good, though. You, you need, like, a, like a shot glass of it. That's enough. Um, yeah. And that's my meal of sodas. That's why I'm so healthy. As the fuck, yeah, look, as the actually, like, health idiot, I'm just... 
I'm dying in this conversation. <laughs> um, I, uh, this isn't for you, man. I feel no, very classy. Not my content, Over Christmas, no. um, someone gave me like a poured me a glass of ginger beer, and I tasted it. I was like, Saxby's, right? And they're like, Yes, it is. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, <laughs> they taste quite different. You're yeah. a freak. What's your What's your power rankings? For ginger, oh, for ginger Bundy. Oh, look, probably, it's got to be Bundy. It's got it to be Bundy. I would it's say it Bundy. has to be. But Saxby's, because Saxby's is way less sweet. Yes. Low sometimes, on fizz. Sometimes you want that. Mm. Can you slam um, it down fast? I mean, you, you <laughs> yeah, probably should. You should it. <laughs> Cascade does a nice ginger beer. Does yeah. it? Yeah, does really it? nice. Um, mm. Okay. Uh, your, that's your top. That's your power trio. That's probably the power yeah. trio. Yeah. Right. What's really nice, I think, that the, the limited Christmas edition of the Bundaberg, which has like cinnamon, cardamom, cloves Ooh. in there, very, very nice ginger beer, like that, and a shot of dark rum. Fucking, it's Christmas. It's Christmas, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas, baby. <laughs> Babies can have a little ginger no. beer. <laughs> Babies want ginger. <laughs> Oh, good. That's, that's we, better. Yeah, that's actually better. Yes, sort of throwback we didn't need <laughs> to the. Well, con- to our- <laughs> I think they're particularly saucy, baby. You could enjoy a, a cocktail stop, stop. of milk and ginger beer on the rocks. <laughs> Babies love it. Stop. Stop. Think about what you're saying. A particularly saucy baby. Yeah. We're cutting it there. Could enjoy <laughs> no, a cocktail of milk and ginger beer. And the name of the cocktail is the Saucy Babe. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, oh, man. <laughs> Does it come on the rocks? Yeah. I'm going to make you one. <laughs> it sounds disgusting. I'll force it down. <laughs> milk and ginger beer. <laughs> as soon as you looked at it. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, um, this song is very beautiful, though. Oh, oh was there a song? I, I think so. <laughs> a, a couple of hours back. Yeah. I just think the arrangement is beautiful. That, oh, yeah. everything that sounds so good. Cascading piano that comes in, in the chorus. Oh, it's yeah, beautiful. And mm. and like the strings, like the, I think it's cello or something, like kind of amps it up a bit towards the end. Lovely, uh, like brushed drumming as well on the snare. Mm. Everything, everything's got a lot of space between it. Mm. Yeah, and totally. then it kind of it makes for that like whatever that sad kind of bittersweet feeling to the song. It feels like two people sitting in something that isn't mm. good to be sitting in. For oh, long. yeah. It's real. I haven't seen it, but it's real. Marriage Story, 2019 hours. <laughs> Probably. Oh, <laughs> maybe. Marriage Story is a lot more, act, you know, like acting, acting. scene. <laughs> acting. Very, every, every actor is bringing in scenes from Marriage Story. Oh really? Oh, of course. Oh, they, they are. Oh, they are. They so, are. Cuz you yeah. know, you know obviously the memed punch in the wall. The punch in the wall. <laughs> I made you a saucy babe. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Can I hit you real quick with one more <clears throat> Tex Perkins fact? Oh, please. That really demonstrates his versatility. He invented a sport. Yes, he did, didn't he? he and invented that's what, a- don't don't uh, I want to guess. Okay. Tempin bowling. No, 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 no. He, he invented a, a sport that I imagine most people haven't heard of. Tex ball. Oh, that's such a better name. Can we just we'll refer to it as tex, tex ball, ball. From, does, from here on how, out? Uh, tex ball as she is played, please, Adam. Well, it's actually called zone ball, but, you know. No, it's not. No, you're right, it's not. It's, uh, tex ball is a cross between Australian rules, rules football. It was and, always going to be a cross between uh, AFL uh, and something. Yeah. Well, we want to guess what the other thing is. It's not temp in bowling. That would be bad. You're just javelin. Shooting. Look at me. I'm Tex Perkins. I'm going to invent. Oh, he's getting in character. 
Oh, I don't know. Squash? <laughs> Tennis. So oh. partial partial credit. Nil pois. <laughs> Opposing players must bow to each other before they start the match and upon completing every match. Is is a cross it between is a AFL and game. tennis just throwing a football around? Two opponents face off and, well. no, they, and they serve by kicking the ball and trying to land it in the opponent's court. Now your opponent will attempt to catch the ball, but only with one hand. And if your serve lands outside the court, this is a bad. Two bads in a row is a point conceded. A marked bad is two points. A shocker is when a serve fails to leave the server's zone. And this is worth two points. Then you have the big bad shocker, which is when your opponent marks the ball in your zone. This is rare, but worth three points. So now you can go forward, listeners, and play your own game. It's wild to think that that person wrote this song. (laughs) He did a lot of things. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff, man. He was a shark. Hey, he also, um, uh, on New Year's Eve, um, I don't know when this episode comes back. Oh, yeah. Many years ago on uh, New Year's Eve. uh, 2019, 2020. flipped off Kirribilli House. flipped off Kirribilli House. Mm. What a pro. And And everyone was like, yeah. Show some respect to the office of Prime Minister Tex. It's like, more like. It's just like, you know who he is, right? And you also know who he is being the Prime Minister of Australia, right? You have a moral obligation to flip off Kirribilli House. Yes, exactly. And shit on the lawn. <laughs> Scomo, the the good Tex Perkins in te- uh, like one on one Tex ball to decide. Mm. Scomo's never played a shark. <laughs> Wouldn't know a shark if it came up and he goes for the shark. Yeah, doesn't he go that for makes the shark? him relatable. Oh, Ugh. does he? Like oh a yeah, shark, it's, it's his whole speed. thing. Sorry, I only I only follow the sport of Tex ball now. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, God. if there was a pro scene, I'd I'd probably watch some of it. Be the change, Nathan. And number 71, this is Frenzel Rom with Nothing's Wrong. I don't feel comfortable in the Emperor's new clothes. A top dog ecstasy, you said I'll have one of those. I wouldn't listen, no, I wouldn't change my mind I'll be alright, you'll be fine Something wrong, there's something wrong There's something, don't you see? There's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong There's nothing wrong with me That was Friends of Rom coming in at number 71 in the Hottest 100 of the year 2000 It is from the album Shut Your Mouth What an album It is a song called Nothing's Wrong And both of those things are... Irony, considering, A, they probably should have, and two, a lot was wrong. A lot was wrong in this period. Uh, this is the oft-forgotten and uh, I-, I would actually say repressed period of Frenzel Rom's career. And to explain and elaborate our resident local resident failure, <laughs> Mr. Andrew McDonald. Yes, as you said, David, this is from their most reviled record that they never play any material from. This came after the success of A Man's Not a Camel, which obviously had uh, You're Not My Friend, never had so much fun. Um, then they were signed to a major label, Sony's Epic Records. They were signed to them. And this is the one record they were released on that. And then they were dropped. It didn't do well commercially or critically in any way. Overall, definitely Fraser Rom's weakest record. Everybody seems to agree on that. The production values are a bit off. Sounds both overproduced and underproduced. Parts of it sound like it wants to be a 
bombastic pop punk record and parts of it sound like it wants to be a meaner fucking record than it should be. There's different mixes for the Australian and US releases. Mm-hmm. So very convoluted fucking record. This is probably one of the more single friendly songs on the record. Like yeah. some and like this is the thing, right? As has been well documented, the friends friends were on with the Beatles to myself and Nathan in high school and we consumed them all whole grey without any critical eye whatsoever. And so even now I look back and You slam them down fast. We yeah, slam them down, down fast. so fast. Yeah. yeah. Some may say to a dangerous degree. To the point where I know that this is their worst record now. I've never really listened to it, but I do think there are some okay songs on this record, and I think this is one of them. Yeah, this totally. is nice to sing along to the opening, like the high pitch riff. Also, one of the rare frontal songs where there's two guitars going. Yeah. And Jay, oh, yeah. Jay, Jay would play rhythm live. Yeah, which that's is weird right. to see. Rather than doing his like punching running around the stage yeah. shit. This was uh, released as a radio promo single in 2001. Oh, yeah. So either Triple J were ahead of the curve or. They saw this song, got a Hosman Hunter, and like, I'll release it as a promo single, which makes equal as much sense if you're Sony and Epic Records. Yeah. But yeah, this obviously isn't up to the standard of uh, their best songs, but I think it's a bit of a fucking banger. Yeah, I think it's fun. It's still fun. Yeah. It's good. Like, Jay's kind of sardonicness. Like, you know, the, yeah. the yeah. line about, like, I talk to politics, you, you were you're, you're easily led, even though I know nothing about it. Like, that kind of self deprecating engagement with bigger things is, is a big part of what. Makes Friends of Rom's lyrics yeah. good. Gordy's drumming is still great here. That's like, the thing. Still, he's such a good drummer. Paid, like, there's still good stuff there. Yeah. It's just like, honestly, if this if this wasn't on Shut Your Mouth, I don't think people would dislike it. Dislike it yeah. much. Like, if the production value was a little bit different, it could fit on Camel. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm just always here for the way when Jay's not doing his fast vocals, when he has the slower ones, and you can just, his fucking, in his own words, this annoying vocal whine, and that nasal, like, I talked of ecstasy. You said, I'll have one of those. Like, it's just so enjoyable to me to hear that. It's so Australian. And again, right, like the nostalgia goggles have fused with the skull. They're not coming mm. off with Friends of Rom. So I enjoy this, even though it's from their crappiest record. I think yeah. it fucking rules. I don't know. Like, uh, you can tell that this was a really troubled time for the band. And I, I don't know if there was like some sort of outside influence where it's just like, hey, you know, you know all that goofy shit? Don't do that. <laughs> Don't be a fun band. Don't be a jokey band, okay? Every song on this record needs to be serious. There's literally a song on this record called She's Not Happy. Like, it's just, it's a bummer of a record. Why wasn't she happy? <sighs> Dude, but that, you you that, have to listen to the song. The man. record also has dance execution. But that's like, a silly song. That's, an, that's the exception, the not the rule, though. Mm. Like if for and the most part, fucked. that's a fun song. Yeah, it's a fun song. That's for the very most straight part, down the it line. is a it's a bummer of a record. Oh, she owns a waterbed. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. I there's your, there's your mistake right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She listens to disco. She's not helping herself. She got a she got a tattoo, a bad one. Oh, <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> it was bad. Man, when people were weird horny for waterbeds through that period, that was so weird. Oh, that man. was a good time. Yo, I remember that. Yeah, waterbeds. Nah, nah, man. What nah. if they came back and we were all like? Actually, this, yeah. This podcast is on the wrong side of history. Everyone's but, but even we changed our minds and mm. we were just like, no, you know, we used to shit on them, but actually what? they're pretty good. Well, you shouldn't well, be if, doing if we that. Stop, if we stop shitting on them, <laughs> yeah, maybe, the, maybe the bed will yeah. become more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> what we need is beds that are just made oh, here we from go. real. He's giving my engineer hat on. Um, a, really, a really good bed would be just really, really strong air. That you could just lie on there. Uh-huh. An, air, an air mattress. No, no, no. Not encasing <laughs> anything. Just blowing up and you just like what? hop on there and you start kind of floating. Just like relaxing. An air cushion. The best air bed cushion. is no bed. Yeah, but like. The best bed is just learning to levitate. No, no, no. It's air pushing you up. 
I got two foot above the ground. Very windy. It'd be very windy. No, it stops there because of the because of the engineering is yeah, good. Okay. Like when you go to the science center or whatever, and there's like the things with the balls hovering over the yes, like, exactly the ball hovering over the air jet. But the ball is the body, and the air jet is many air jets in in the bedroom. I don't think that would be good. Why I not? Think like any inventor, you've seen a problem and you've solved it. So <laughs> I'd like to done. invest in your air bed. <laughs> I, I am just a fan of solid beds. No, because this would be good. Solid because, bedding. No, because this, there's no point. Not liquids, not no, gases. No pressure points on your body, man. No sheets like, to clean. I like, I like no pressure points. I like pressure That's points a big selling point, I think. You can really. Well, you still actually might need a sheet because if it's cold. Oh, but you change the temperature of the of the jets. There obviously. you go. There you go. It's perfectly matched to your. <laughs> it's perfectly matched to the way we all have to be living, which is more energy efficient. Mm. Sure. And also, when you turn it off, just more space for activities. I love that. Mm. That's good. But also the energy. That would just be it's, so power. Um, it's so power intensive. Geo, it, geothermal. You just I have think to find the way Andrew is going to find the hot spot. <laughs> I think the way that Andrew has designed it, it isn't energy intensive. That's, that's exactly right, Nathan. <laughs> This is why you're on the is ground it, floor. Is it? Yeah. I don't think it's your best. Um, I don't think Inventor is your well, best Well, you're, you're right if you say that Andrew has even better, better ideas. ideas up for investment today. Why do you think why about you, it, Adam? Why are you so in his Adam, corner? think like, about what, it. What is this? It's a summer's I'm on the team. Adam, think oh, about okay. it. It's a summer's day. You're kicking back on your airbed. You've got a saucy babe in your left hand. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sipping on that bad boy on I the rocks. I forgot you were a drink smogul too. You mean on that? Are you As if that wouldn't be a relaxing afternoon. <laughs> it's the stuff of nightmares. Mm. Good it's song. windy. I, I, the drink's bad. Do you, do you back this, Nathan? The drink or the bed or the combo? <laughs> Literally <laughs> all of the song. You mean the song? <laughs> the song. It's the song. Good, yeah, right? yeah. Look, yeah, it's, like, not, it's not. It's nowhere near among their best work, but yeah. I think it's fun. Yeah, and so honestly, I think maybe part of this is a vote for the band. I think, but I don't know if at the time. Triple J listeners were like so clued into it being the crap Frenzel Rom record, right? It was just the new Frenzel Rom record. Yeah, exactly. I think you're voting for the Frenzel Rom song because you like Frenzel Rom. And it's it's not so much that like, oh my God, this song is amazing. But, you know. It does like- sound weird. I'm glad I got the explanation from y'all about the production and that. Yeah. It sounds weird. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought, thought when, I, when I heard it. It doesn't like, sound like fucking punch in the face or anything from Camel or even, any, even anything to come, right? Like I mean, to, to, be honest, to, come. to be honest, like I, I think even the earlier Friends of Rom songs we've talked about weren't the best produced no. songs in terms of songs. They're just great songs and they still sound good. This is a, it's an okay song. Uh, it's a pretty good song, actually, um, but it sounds weird. Mm. Yeah. You know what, though? Having seen Friends of Rom as many times as we have, if they played a set with half a dozen Shut Your Mouth songs, I'd be really happy because... I haven't heard those ones Because I haven't heard those songs, you know? Oh, well. It's a weird nadir. And I think the sad thing is that it comes off two very successful albums. Like, they kind of broke a bit with Meet the Family and then Camel was a huge success. They had, like, pop success Mm. for a year or so. You know, they're everywhere on Channel V and, and, like... Whatever, but um, then this is just like a very frustrating, like you said, you know, major label. Yeah. It feels like there's some weird outside influence in terms of the writing or the production or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But then two countdowns time to get Bucket Bong. Don't oh worry. my God. They'll be back. Hell yeah. They'll baby. be back. And I think the best mattress actually is uh, from our good friends at Koala. Um, <laughs> did you know that they can deliver within four hours? That's no joke. You wow. know how I know that? Because I have a Koala mattress, Adam. Oh. <gasps> 
brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Mm. We promise not to take you to the football. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, right. God. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue that ever-continuing story of Carry Over Champ and Carry Over Chump. Andrew? Yes. Floor is yours. My favourite this week was Friends of Rom, but my champ absolutely remains PJ Harvey. My least favourite, I'm going to say Slipknot, not because the song is intrinsically bad, but it's just my fifth favourite of the stuff for my own personal choices. Yeah. But it's, no, it's nowhere near as bad as my chump, which is the Madonna song that I dislike so much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic Madge. Uh, Slipknot, Wait and Bleed is my favourite, and I'm going to give it my champ. You. 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 Uh, Friends of Rom, Nothing's Wrong is my least favourite, but uh, it's not going to be my chump. I think I have to say Friends of Rom's my favourite. It just is. Yeah, but um, I think my champ will remain Killing Heidi, I think. You did this last week with Balls to the Ground as well. You were like, look, I guess it's my favourite. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, When is it going to be like... A really good song. I just want, I just want clarity. I just <laughs> don't want to have to think about this. Uh, Slipknot will be my least favourite. Kind of same. It's not. It, it was better than I thought it would be. Um, but it is not as bad as the bad song. My favourite is Wait and Bleed. Yeah. Um, my least favourite is, um, it's probably Zone Ball. I, I just don't think it'd be very fun to watch. Um, <laughs> my champ, or maybe it would. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. But certainly not as good as music. Um, my music. champ is, is Maria um, and more cheap is my chump. <laughs> yeah, more chumba. Do less cheaper, frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. Mr. Adam Buncher. See ya. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Drink up. Uh, <laughs> drink something sensible. Are we going to make them? We're not. I think we should, like, we probably That's have That's our first to. bit of merch. Okay. No, Sorcer- no. Saucy babes. Look, I think Point. if enough people ask. Point one. We should. Don't drink milk. Point two. It don't, can, don't drink soft It can drink. be soy milk. Um, I think yeah. if enough people ask, we should all. No. <laughs> Have a saucy babe. No, if, if enough people ask, we, we know. Adam, if, if 30 people asked, would you not have a saucy babe? <laughs> Specifically asking, are they not happy with just the three of you? No, no, it's going to be everyone. Someone's going to hold the camera. It's going to just be Adam. <laughs> <laughs> My name is David James Young. Everything except ginger beer is good for you. And milk. Ginger beer is so good. Oh, look, that's not the problem. Oh,